All right, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the uh, the first episode of my brand new podcast, the, the Eight Star Pulse Podcast, and we want to dive deep on the ongoing drama, the behind the scenes, the dirt. Let's dig into the dirt of Seven Star Wrestling. Uh, and I have a great guest here on my first episode. Uh, he is the longest reigning Seven Star World Champion, a former tag team champion a carrot commentator, and probably his biggest highlight right now is he is the manager of El Peligroso. And Matt, thank you for joining me for this first episode of my podcast. Uh, You're welcome, kid. You know, you got to give back to the younger generations, as they say. And uh, thank you for the wonderful introduction, uh, giving uh, many my accolades. And as you say, one of my greatest prides right now is to be the manager of the great El Peligroso, who... As I'm sure you were seeing as you were watching here in the arena, he was absolutely screwed by the two-on-one double team of Rory the Boston Bitch Campbell and Adam Loner teaming up and laying waste to Pelagroso, destroying the well-earned opportunity he got himself in that gauntlet match earlier in the night. I think this that has got to very- be easily called uh, you know, the Madison Square Garden screw job. Am I not wrong? I, I, I kind of agree with you there. I mean, uh, a baby face, two baby faces teaming up on a well-deserved earned shot of El Peligroso. That was just, I, I was floored. We were all floored. And you know, that's that's why the, the uh, danger, justice for danger campaign has been started on social media. I don't really understand all the Twitters and the technology all that much. You know, I leave that to my son and some of the other younger people, but the call to action is strong. We have to get Pelagroso the chance he rightfully deserves. Now, let's let's go back in time first. What did you see in El Pelagroso that made you want to become his manager? You know, Pelagroso is one of those guys, he's very young in his career, but he's got a lot of fire in his heart. You can see that he's technically got a lot of skill in the ring, but what sets him apart from a lot of the other people who also have quite a lot of skill here in Seven Star Wrestling is he is not afraid to take on anyone. When Silver Fox laid out the challenge of two-on-one to get himself back into that match, he doesn't hesitate a second to say, fuck yes, I'm going to take that match. You know why? Because he believes in himself, and that's the X factor that takes someone from the bottom all the way up to the top of the card that can break through the glass ceiling. So I, I guess it would be suffice to say that you, you saw yourself a little bit in El Pelagroso. I'd say that's a fair comparison. I, I definitely had a lot of fire in myself as a young competitor, and it's still going. I mean, yeah, you had to have that fire to be the longest reigning world champ, a former tag champ. And do you see the fire that you had to get you through that those long reigns, that a tag, like tag you have to have a different psychology about you do, do you see those same things in El Peligroso? You know I do, I do and yet that makes a distinct difference between someone like you know Adam Lone who was raised by my tag team partner who one time had did have a lot of fire just like myself but that fire if you don't stoke it it goes out and Bobby Bahamut was always a second class bum compared to me and that's translated into Adam Lone who's just a big stupid ape who gets controlled by his little girl, Penny Phoenix. And you know what? Right once that control gets broken, 
right once he loses that big match, he's going to go crying and running again because he's got no fire deep in his belly. Not like Pelagroso, he's been able to bounce back from the big losses and come back to make some big major wins. And that's what it takes in this business because you've got to have longevity. You've got to have the resilience to make it through. And that's how I had such a long, illustrious career. One might say that you were the Shawn Michaels out of the Rockers split up in your tag team. Well, it's been said more than once. And actually, you know, in a lot of ways, people used to say that Shawn Michaels was the the Matt Tiamat of the Rockers, if you know what I'm saying. Very fair. Very fair. My apologies, sir. But, you know, speaking of longevity and resilience, that's two things you got to have a lot of to make it through the Universal Rumble coming up. We got that later tonight, this main event. What a great opportunity. Absolutely. The Rumble is my favorite event of the entire year. Now, who is your favorite in this match? Well, I mean, you got to ask me that question. Are you serious? Of course, it's my man, El Pelagrosa. I mean, unless, I obviously expect El Pelagrosa. Align against him and screw him over. He's got this in the bag. Well, he does have some teammates in the match in the Dynasty 7. That's true. The Dynasty 7, while uh, they did just trim a little bit of the fat out of their group, they've uh, they've got a very elite membership amongst themselves. They got, you know, Risa Suzuki there, the Michaels brothers. It's an elite squad. Yeah, how about that Shane Michaels? What do you think of him? <laughs> well, let me tell you a little bit about Shane Michaels and what I've seen of him. This showstopper guy is absolutely an untapped piece of potential. You saw him last year. I'm sure you were watching very carefully in the Supernova Clash. This kid had a damn near perfect record going through there in a hard block. And the only thing that kept him from getting a full 10 points was the fact that he went to a time limit draw against his brother Wolfgang. And that guy is an equally tough son of a bitch. Does that really say something about the showstopper? They bloodied each other towards the end. It was an absolute treat to see and something that I as a fan of course of the product would love to see again as a match now what I've also seen from him afterwards now is not just the skill to be able to get it done but also a high level of ring IQ putting together that situation with himself and his brothers to take the tag titles right from under the noses of brawling who got very comfortable very arrogant on their throne in the tag title scene and then boom with a beautiful roll up all over now, some might say that was the bigger screw job of the year. Well, you know, some people are they're idiots. But uh, I say fair is fair. There was a count by the referee. Silver Fox okayed it. And hey, they're the ones holding the gold. So possession is nine-tenths of the law. Am I not right? Uh, you are absolutely right, sir. And the Michaels brothers holding the gold is a wonderful thing for the wrestling organization. Yeah, what do what the kids say about the uh, the Michaels brothers, you know, on the, the Twitters and the, the social medias? They like them. They love them. They love them. The, the high-flying of Shane and the brawling of Wolfgang, it's almost like the combination of The Rock and Stone Cold of their time. Hmm, very dynamic duo, those two. You know, it, it's hard so- to imagine sometimes that they actually came out of the same womb, but... There are certain similarities that when you see it, the family resemblance then makes sense. Yes, yes. Now, we, we've discussed the Dynasty 7 in, in the Rumble. Let, let's go through some of our other uh, competitors here. Uh, uh, sure. Let's, the, you know what? Uh, that is fair. We should discuss the losers. 
as a, you know, of course, no one's going to beat the Dynasty 7. Not only are they going to be working together, but they got some primo spots in the Rumble. Risa Suzuki earned herself number 20. You can't beat that. And I know Pella Grosso's got a very late entry as well. Earned it, too. I mean, it wasn't just handed the number 20 spots. He had to beat Charlie Sefka. Well, I mean, if that were a major feat, I would give it more credence, but, uh, I'll give it a two. Charlie Sex Castle ain't a complete pushover, but he, uh, the one thing that he's best at is tooting his own horn. That paper champion rolled up that title he had into a nice little horn and blew his title very hard. In more ways than run, am I right? I, you know, the thing that's really funny about a wishing star ladder match every year, someone has the amazing opportunity to be able to cash in on the seven-star world champion. That is an opportunity you can hold for a full calendar year. And so many people, they don't have the patience to be able to wait for a good opportunity because you know what? The people who originally put together the calendar for seven-star wrestling, the man who originally ran this place, he was pretty smart. You know why Faction Wars is the immediate pay-per-view right after Wishing Star Ladder Match? No, I never never knew. It's to tempt impatient people like that. You see, because if you cash in immediately afterwards, the first pay-per-view defense, as we saw with Charlie Sex Castle, was a faction wars, which has a very good chance of you getting destroyed if you don't have a whole lot of people at your back. And that is some saw, great strategy there. It didn't work out so well. And then, of course, immediately after that, we've got the grueling supernova clash. So, really, if you were the smartest person in the room, you would wait until after that. You would wait until after the Supernova Clash, either right before the Seven Star Classic, or, of course, perhaps maybe even in the main event. Wait until whatever the most grueling battle is in the main event, and then cash in. That was what I did. And it it sounds like this is going to work out great for El Pelagroso, getting knowledge like this from such a great veteran. When you have experience like this, there's nothing that compares. But, as you said, we should discuss the rest of the people in this Rumble who are destined to lose this thing. Yeah, so, uh, do you have any other highlights? I also have some of the people that I'm interested in. Let's, let's hear who you and uh, some of the other people on in the Seven Star Universe, or whatever as they call it, I don't know what the audience's name is. Let's hear what they want to hear about. And also, you got any money on anybody? If it ain't Pella, uh, I'm I- telling you, you're throwing your money away, friend. I mean, I am a very computer-generated person, and so uh, I, my friend gave me this algorithm that looks at the positive vibes coming from social media, and I know you don't aren't into that stuff, but the number one name that pops up is Billy Conker. He is number one in the fans' hearts right now. Well, it's hard to deny. He's definitely uh, doing everything he can at every opportunity to roll over and get the fans to stomp and clap, if you know what I mean. But, uh, yeah, that kid's got no chance. He's uh, He's got skill, but he ain't got the grit. Would you say no chance in hell? I would. Although, except he uh, he won that hell in a cell there at the Seven Star Classic. So I guess he's got at least a little oh, bit of a chance in hell. He's got a little bit of a chance in hell. <laughs> now, However, on, oh, go ahead. on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have someone who is very high class and very disliked by the fans and that is Antonio Albert our new compact star champion 
Yeah, he's a, he's an interesting case. You know, the the fans have had a bit of an interesting relation to him. They, they seem like they're starting to take to him, but I don't know. He seems a little little snooty to me, but I can't deny his skill there and his intellect. You know, not only getting himself into the spot where he could challenge for the Compact Championship, but taking advantage of a guy like Billy and using his own tactics against himself to then guarantee himself the win. That's the kind of smarts it takes to be a champion. Now, we discussed the benefits of having faction mates in the Rumble with you. And so that's what's giving Dynasty 7 a a big advantage. But we do have another faction that is going to try to counter them, and that is Brawl Inc. Is there anyone out of Brawl Inc. that you can give some analysis on? Well, let me talk a little bit more about the Boston Brute. This guy, this drunkard, you saw his true nature. He's, he's had a little bit of a lucky streak recently. I think perhaps uh, the universe is trying to correctly give him a little bit of karma after his slip up and losing the tag titles. So he got a little hot streak recently against my man Pelagrosa. But the truth of this man is that every time that the stakes are the highest, he fails. You know, in the shooting star tag or shooting star tournament, when he fought at Pelagrosa, he showed up drunker than a skunk and lost cleaner than a sheep in record time. And then when you saw there, he fought against Adam Lone after him and them working together to screw Pelagrosso. Rory had the best opportunity he's ever going to get at that title, and he choked. So he's coming in at number two, from what I understand, after losing that world title match. So not only does he not have a chance from that perspective, but even if he was coming in at number 20, he's a choke artist. We talked about streaks, and uh, he's got a little bit of a liquid streak, right? (laughs) Of course, of course. Now he's even advertising his father's beer. Not not the best uh, sobriety support, right? Well, if he's going to AA, he's definitely got a lot of explaining to do. Now, we do have an interesting uh, advancement coming out of Brawl Inc., and that is what the... Black Hole title is doing to Butch Vice or Sin, as he's also calling himself? Yeah, Dark, Dark Sin or Dark Syndrome or something. I, I don't know. This is a very confusing situation, but you know what? I'll, I'll say this at least. If he came out of Mad Dog Murdoch's uh, dungeon where he got trained like most of Brawling does, and if he spent some time in MMA, you know he's got to have some inner demons, don't you think? Obviously. And so maybe all those inner demons are starting to come out. And, you know, it, it seemed like a, a lot of the demons of Wolfgang were starting to come out around, around the time he had that title around his waist. But he seems like a pretty dark individual, too. He is a little dark, but I, I think having his brother Shane there really grounded him through that tough time. Yeah, Showstopper is definitely a lot more of a people person, as you might say. Uh, and the last guy on my list is is a newcomer, so I don't really have much analysis on him on my end. But what do you what do you make of this John Makos? Well, you know he's he's been able to impress in a very short amount of time, showing that he's got not only a lot of uh, physical strength but a lot of skill too. You can definitely tell that he's got a lot of that Greco Roman style influence. And uh, I'm I'm just glad that I don't have to face him on the other side of the ring. He would be someone that would be tough to figure out how to proceed with. Ah, the way you speak about him sounds like you uh, might have a future in client in mind, huh? 
uh, well, hey, you know what? If he was interested in a, a very skilled veteran that might be able to give him some guidance, uh, I wouldn't say no to perhaps expanding, but I'm not sure where his, uh, his intentions lie. He seems like kind of a, a loner. I see, I see. Now, are there any other uh, wrestlers that are in this Rumble that you would like to highlight before we finish up here? Well, you know what? Uh, other than Risa Suzuki, I want to talk about her a little bit, too, because she was the winner of last year. Ah, uh, absolutely. And she's just won herself the number 20 spot opposite Charlie, who's in the number one spot. He's pretty much guaranteed a goner. There's no way he's making the distance, especially not after the beating he took from Risa Suzuki. But she, I think that she's got herself a primo spot. It really comes down to the loyalty of Dynasty 7. And I want to get your thoughts on this. I wonder what people online have been saying and maybe a fan like yourself what do you think about the dynamics of dynasty seven because there's been a lot of shakeups in that group in a very short amount of time yeah i i would say that the the uh feel of the uh audience online is that risa is the stronger leader uh as soon as she took over you had the success of the michaels brothers right away I mean, they turned on Brawl Inc. and joined Dynasty 7 because they felt they were being held down. Uh, and then El Peligroso's success also came after Risa took over. Kind of the, the this amalgamation of things started happening. And uh, maybe we can get some insight from you. But, I mean, obviously the Michaels brothers are on Risa's side in this thing as they helped beat down Charlie after their match. Uh, after the match between Risa and Charlie. Uh, but El Peligroso, understandably, had to stay backstage because uh, he's going through how many matches in one night at the Rumble. Uh, so where does he land? So Because that could be the missing piece of the glue, so to speak, of Dynasty 7. Well, our, our allegiance lies with success. And as you pointed out, the Michaels brothers are holding the tag titles. Risa Suzuki just laid out Charlie's sex castle. So... Pelagrosa sticks with the winners. Ah, so going with the number 20 spot holder currently, Risa Suzuki. Of course, of course. And the only question is going to be whether this uh, this new alliance of Dynasty 7 is going to be able to stick together through the end. And if so, how it'll play out. If you had to uh, put a bet, of course, like I said, my money's on Pelagrosa. But say it were to come down to the four of them at the end. Let's see, Pelagrosa, Shane Michaels, Wolfgang, and Risa Suzuki. Who wins this thing? I mean, I don't want to disagree with you, but the statistics are leaning on Risa's side. I mean, the number 20 spot, a winner from last year, it's really hard to beat those odds. True, true. But she is coming in after having had a match earlier in the night. Having gone mm. through the match, even though she does did come out the winner, she did take a beating there from Charlie Sexcastle. So that I'm sure that will factor into things a bit. I'm going to stay ambiguous and just say a member of the Dynasty Seven. Then, <laughs> well, I don't think that you uh, would be wasting your money if you were to do that. But if you wanted to get even more money, if you wanted to make sure that you were betting on the premier spot. Bet on number 15, bet on El Peligroso. He's going to come in. He's going to win this thing. I guarantee it. Because he not only has a good spot, a good alliance, but he has got the fire to get the match that he is so rightfully owed. And I absolutely agree with that. 
don't forget to hashtag all your tweets, TikToks, Facebook posts, all with hashtag justice for danger. Thank you for joining me this week, Matt. Thank you. Thank you for giving us a platform to speak out about our cause, a very important cause of getting justice for danger, as you mentioned. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining us this week and tune in next week as we give you the rundown of the fallout from the rumble. Have a good night, everyone. Goodbye. (laughs) 